Welcome to the Scottish Farm Advisory Service podcast. Scotland's Farm Advisory Service, or FAS, is part of the Scottish Rural Development Programme, which is co-funded by the EU and Scottish Government, providing information and resources aimed at increasing the profitability and sustainability of farms and crofts. You can find out more about FAS on our website, www.fas.scot, or if you need advice, then call our helpline on 0300 323 0161. So we find ourselves looking towards the end of 2018, with many reporting low winter forage supplies and slowly recovering grass growth. Farmers have reported a mixed bag with regards to lamb growth. Lower worm challenges have been a silver lining against lower feed supply. This podcast is to help us to refine the focus. How can we keep those lambs going to get them off farm when feed supplies are short? This is essential to make sure that the effects of 2018 do not roll into 2019. My name is Poppy Freighter, I'm a sheep specialist with SAC Consulting and I'm joined here today with Karen Stewart, our nutritionist. Hello, I'm Karen Stewart, I work as a nutritionist at SAC. Great, so today we're going to focus on nutrition of finishing lambs, covering the best use of grass, forage crops and concentrate feeding. Breeding enterprises that are short of feed this year have two options. They can sell the lambs light or they can buy and feed. Both come at a cost. However, the longer we keep lambs on the farm, the greater the stress on the feed supplies going into the winter. We need to ensure that we prioritise feeding for the light use, the thin use, to get them on target condition school and look towards tapping time. Is there enough grass for flushing? The management they use now is influential to the number of the lambs on the ground next year. So use are the priority. So with that in mind, the cost of lamb management now, what we do now, will yield benefits next year. So to start with, I think it's good to understand and have a gauge of how lambs are doing. And weighing lambs, or even just weighing a sample of the lambs regularly, will help understand whether management is right or not. Lamb growth rates post-weaning on silage aftermath should be targeting 150 grams per day. Those on a new reseed or high white clover should target 180 grams per day. We only know what's possible when we weigh. This does not necessarily mean weighing all the lambs. A representative 56 lambs when lambs are in for handling will suffice. But just make sure that you capture all the variants in the group. So for example, weighing every six lamb through the race or um, or some other randomised technique. Take an average of 50, deducting the heaviest and the lightest three in the sample and compare the average of this weighing with the previous weight. How are they doing? While on the subject of weighing it's useful to batch lambs into weight categories at weaning time so for example, you might have a lighter group, which is less than 30 kilograms. You might have a mid group, so for example, 30 to 35, and you might have a heavy group over 35. And that way the management can focus on those, the long keep, the lighter lambs that will go in the new year, the medium keep that are targeting to go in November, December, and the short keep to go away in less than six weeks. So batching lambs by weight also improves the efficiency of drafting, and lambs can be targeted for different areas of the farm. The key influences of lamb growth are feed, in terms of both quality and quantity, worms, 
and minerals in that order. So if you're having issues with lamb growths as identified by the weighing, first of all check the feed. Are you giving them enough and is it good enough quality? Then the next point of call is worms and then finally minerals are the last point of call. Lambs should never be forced to graze the grass too low. So for most, keeping the grass between 6 and 8 centimetres is critical. Those rotationally grazed should leave no less than 5 centimetres. Because the lower they're forced to grow, to graze, sorry, uh, the slower they will grow. Because they've been forced to eat the lower quality stuff at the base of the sward. This can make it challenging to manage grass quality. Because taller grass will result in a build-up of dead and stem material, which in turn reduces the feed quality, which in turn will affect lamb growth rates. So using a mower or another class of stock to manage the grass height um, might be required so that the lamb growth rate is not compromised later on. This is where clover is very beneficial because it's higher in energy and it does maintain quality into the autumn that bit better than grass. Red clover in particular is excellent for finishing lambs. It's the best lamb finishing crop. Some can achieve over 300 grams per day growth rate on red clover. And some might consider brassica crops such as rape or hybrids or chicory or plantain for late summer, early autumn finishing. In terms of worms, thicker leg counts and looking at parasite forecasts. So, for instance, the Nadus uh, website is a great resource for parasite forecasts can help with the worming decisions alongside the growth rate information. So using um, faecal egg counts, parasite forecasts and the growth rates all together can help understand whether worms are likely to be impacting performance. And then finally, the main mineral impacting land performance just after weaning is cobalt. So um, SRUC have a technical note. Um, management of cobalt in grass and soils, which has a great map which shows cobalt deficiency risk across Scotland. And this map has covered red for high cobalt deficiency risk, and that red proportion covers quite a lot of the highlands of Scotland. So it's worthwhile checking that map, seeing where you fit in terms of cobalt deficiency risk. On top of that, uh, checking and sampling soils and forage bloods or even liver samples as ideally can help um, understand whether cobalt deficiency is a risk. These are all tools, no one method is um, going to tell you everything but bringing a lot of various information together can help understand whether you need to drench or inject or use a bolus to supplement the cobalt. And for the medium and long keep lambs some might consider forage crops such as kale, turnips or swedes for finishing lambs later in the season. We might consider providing other feeds alongside the forage crops to boost performance. So now I turn to Karen, our nutritionist, to see how can we meet the animal requirements later in the year to supplement forage crops and also finishing those into the new year. So Karen, what sort of feeds can be used alongside forage crops and what minerals are required? Okay, alongside forest crops, um, so, so your grass or brassicas, um, they can be supplemented with concentrates. 
um, while the plants are still leafy, there is likely to be um, ample supply of protein there. But um, for example, with uh, turnips, the, there is more protein in the leaf than there is in the root. So if there are only roots left, then the um, supplementary concentrate will need to be higher in protein um, as the plant vegetation is, is used up. Um, Mineral-wise, um, lambs on short keep on brassicas, um, you might get away without using a mineral supplement if they're only on that for a short period of time. But um, brassicas um, need supplemented with trace elements, in particular iodine and selenium. And it's important to, to give them an all-round mineral supplement as well, but particularly for, um, focusing on these trace elements. Um, and they can be supplemented um, you know, in the feed itself, or it can be supplemented in a, in a bucket or a, a block, um, whatever is most convenient. So it's a case of observing what the crop looks like in terms of whether it's leafy or, um, you know, there's a lot on the base to understand whether it needs a protein. Yep. Um, if, there's, if there's not much leaf, it might need protein. Otherwise, it's energy, perhaps, might be required. Yep. Okay. Yep. So the other issue with feeding like brassicas might be anemia or iron deficiency. What sort of things can we do to mitigate that risk? Yeah, that's that's correct. That can be a, a risk if it's the sole um, part of the diet. And I think a way of uh, um, mitigating that is by feeding some forage along with these brassicas. So I think aiming to feed 30% of the, the dry matter intake of the animals um, as a forage crop, um, uh, sorry, as a, as a additional forage like silage or hay um, or having run back onto grass is, is really important. Yeah. So that might just be a case of making sure there's always, you know, we say 30% of the diet on, on an allocation basis, that might be what, like 300 grams, 400 grams yeah. per lamb per day. So, but a case of keeping a bale out there and or having it available for them. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's it. Great. Um, so as grass disappears, those longer keep lambs that are not on forage crops can be fed ad lib concentrates or they can be on um, forage based diets. Growing animals, they need a balance of energy and protein to make sure they put on frame as well as fat. So we know that diets based on conserved forages are more rumen friendly, but how can we maximise performance of those diets? So in terms of a a silage-based lamb finishing diet, what sort of things do we need to consider? Okay, I think the quality of the silage is really important. Um, average um, and poor silages should not be a major part of the ration um, if you want to maximise weight gain. The reason for this is that they are lower in digestibility and lower in energy, um, and therefore the animal would have to eat quite a lot of it to therefore put on put on weight. Um, so because it's not as energy dense, then then they don't get the growth rates. Um, trials in Ireland showed that increasing the silage by a devalue. Um, of four units um, had a concentrate saving of 0.35 kilos um, a lamb a day so it just shows the importance of increasing the digestibility that's the devalues the digestibility of the silage and hence the energy um, the importance of choosing a high energy um, or having using a high energy silage um, and and uh, allowing a concentrate uh, usage to be lower um, will likely to be more effective and more profitable and then some farmers might consider bringing lamb indoors and finishing them in sort of batches indoors. So what sort of considerations do we need to think about for indoor finishing? Okay. If grazing and forage crops are not an option, um, lambs can be successfully finished indoors. And I think the most um, cost-effective system was ad-lib um, feeding of concentrates simply because um, of the, the quick finish and the time scale involved. 
Um, I think getting the environment um, right in the shed is absolutely vital as well as feeding. So get the ventilation right, the lying space. You want to allow for 0.7 to 0.9 metres squared per lamb on straw. And if you can get the whole environment right and the feeding area and access and things right, um, then that goes a long way to um, to, to get the lambs finished uh, quickly. Um, feed access is very important and you need to allow 300 to 400 millimetres per lamb um, for space if you're trough feeding um, so they can get in. It depends on the lamb size. And if it's an ad-lib hopper system, then 100 millimetres per lamb um, is adequate. Um, when you're introducing the lambs onto ad-lib feeding onto hoppers, it's vital this is done gradually and, and done with appropriate feeds that are not um, too heavy in starch or heavy in cereals to start with. Um, and it's also vital that hoppers never run out um, and keep, keep the feed fresh at the feed face. If we let feed um, build up at the, at the feed face in the hopper, um, this uh, will will um, discourage intakes and um, so if we keep it fresh we'll in- encourage good intakes and prevent gorging when new feed is put in um, but it really is vital not to let these hoppers run empty because you will end up with problems with, uh, with dead lambs. Um, I think having a long f- uh, source, um, sorry, a long fibre um, source is absolutely vital. Um, I often get asked whether to put silage in or to put hay or straw in and I think if they're on ad-lib concentrates hay or straw is the best source because they're eating a lot of concentrates and the fibre source you want you want them to produce as much saliva and chewing as possible to buffer the rumen. If you're putting in silage they might eat too much silage compared to concentrates and you won't get the growth rates um, uh, you're looking for on an ad-lib system. If you are finishing lambs um, on concentrates and silage system, um, ensure that that silage, as I mentioned earlier, that is as high quality as possible to maintain growth rates. You'll not get growth rates as good as an ad-lib concentrate um, uh, system indoors, but um, trials do show that the better quality silage, the better. Um, and I think if you go for a silage that has some red clover or chicory through it, then this will get higher weight gains compared to ryegrass silages or ryegrass with a bit of white clover mix. Um, and I think the reason for this is that the lambs eat more and it's more digestible, so they, they do do better. And I think this is probably a really good option if you're an organic um, lamb finisher and haven't got the option to finish lambs outside. Um, there are also many factors that affect feed conversion of lambs and you've got the, the age of the lamb and the maintenance of the lamb as part of it um, but also the environment, health and nutrition and genetics all play a part there as well um, and I think trying to get all these right um, will help maximise returns. For example, if a lamb is converting at 8 to 1, that's 8 kilos of feeding to 1 kilogram of live weight um, and the concentrates are costing £250, it'll cost around £10 to put on 5 kilograms of weight, which is not profitable. Whereas if the feed conversion is 6 to 1, and this would cost £7.50, which is profitable. So assessing the, um, it's important to assess the economic impact based on your feed price, the value of the lamb being sold, and that all comes down to the environment and the feeding and access and things that it's given. Right. So again, weighing lambs to understand the feed conversion efficiency will help understand whether um, you've got things right and whether what you're doing is cost effective. Um, so just, yeah, drawing upon what you said, um, happy lambs, I guess, is important to make sure they're performing well. So like you say, yeah. you're having the environment right. The welfare of the lambs and the, yeah. and the environment that they're in definitely pays off.
Um, and then hopper management, making sure it never runs out, seems to be quite critical. Absolutely, absolutely critical, yes. Um, interesting that you say straw or hay is the best fibre as a long source fibre because that's lower in energy, but what sort of do you tend to find or observe that they all intake quite a lot of this type of fibre if they require it? Um, they, they will take in a little bit, yes, but they're only needing a small amount when they're on an ad, ad lib system. And I think it's the most effective um, source of long fibre for you know doing the job it's needing to do, which is providing a, a small amount of fibre but, but buffering the room and, and getting those lambs to chew and, and, uh, and create saliva. I think it's yeah. the best source. Great. And I think many of the listeners would be interested. It's a bit more novel as the, the red clover or the chicory silages. Yes, um, they're certainly becoming more popular. Yeah. Anyway. I think there's there's wide benefits of these. I spent, you know, you're talking about the grazing yeah. benefits of the grazing, but also within some silages as well. I think that the clovers maybe don't um, uh, ensile quite as naturally because of not the natural sugars in there for fermentation. Um, but I, I think you know having a portion of your um, silage as these is beneficial. Wow, great. So those farmers that are looking at purchasing um, a concentrate feed, what sort of things should they look for when buying these feeds? Okay, well, you'd either be home mixing or, or buying in concentrates, but if you if you were buying in a proprietary uh, compound feed, um, the protein would probably be around about four, uh, 15% um, crude protein on the fresh. And when you look at a feed label, the protein is always declared on the fresh weight. Um, while we talk about dry matters quite a lot in nutrition, it is actually on, on, on the fresh weight on a label. Um, and so anywhere between 14 and 16% is, is probably adequate. Um, as we were saying earlier um, about lambs that are on forage crops or grass, they are maybe not needing the protein um, quite as much. So choosing cereals or, or um, other lower protein feeds is acceptable, but that should really be monitored with whatever forage is complementing them. So if they're on an ad lib system, about 15% crude protein is about where, where it's at. Um, there are many pellets in the market, but I w- would encourage you to, um, or people who are wanting to finish, to, to buy as high energy um, or as, as good a quality one as they can. And normally they're about 12.5 um, megajoules per kilogram dry matter. ME, ME is metabolizable energy. So I would say that's what to aim for is about 12.5 ME. Um, there's a temptation to go for cheaper ones, um, but I think it's worth spending a little extra because the you know what goes in what is, is what comes out, and the, the lambs um, have got a finite um, resource of intaking um, feed, so um, what you, you put in needs to be good quality to get those um, good gains. Um, if, oh, sorry. Just, just on that subject of ME, though. It isn't often put on the bag, on the product. No, it's not So what sort of things can farmers look for to make sure it's a high energy feed? Yep. The, um, it's not one of these things that's declared. It's it's um, it's, it's something that the feed companies need to adhere to as, as, uh, a, as a slight tolerance on it. But uh, you can have a look at your label um, and look for good quality, um, high energy ingredients. The ingredients in a label are um, displayed in descending order. So, I mean, the first four ingredients, if you look for them to be high energy. So, um, for example, um, cereals, um, sugar beet pulp, dark grains, these type of feeds. Um, you maybe want don't want to see feeds like um uh, malt coombs or palm kernel which are slightly lower in energy and maybe um, not as palatable especially the palm kernel um, it's sort of lower on the list so um, checking the, the main ingredients on the list or you know if you approach your feed company they should be able to tell you a breakdown of what is in that feed 
um, but with with home mixing, you are likely always get a higher energy because if you're using homegrown cereals um, and and other straights on farm, um, you're likely to be about thirteen me. Um, so home mixing is good from that point of view. Um, the downside of home mixing is that you need to add a separate mineral um, supplement into that, and also sorting can be an issue if the feeds are of different sizes um, and the distribution of minerals. So lambs are especially fussy and can be quite good at sorting out. So perhaps making sure that what feeds you do use um, are similar in size or they are you know, stuck together with a wee bit of molasses um, or to, to, to sort of minimise sorting. So what sort of home blends might work well for finishing lambs? Okay, I think when we, you know, cereals, as I mentioned, but I think um, using whole cereals for lambs is good because um, if you grind cereals finely, then they will um, degrade quicker in the rumen and have higher chance of the lambs getting acidosis. So I think when the lambs can can um, break that seed coat itself and, um, and the rumen can work away at that, then it's a safer way of feeding barley. Um, I think also likes of a little bit of beet pulp in there is good. Um, dark grains, if you can get them this year, are good. Um, or, or soya as a protein source as well. Um, I think just watching the size of the, the raw materials that are going in um, and to, to minimise that sorting, I think that's one of the main things. And But also making sure the mineral is, is correct. I think we'll come on to that in a wee, a wee while. Yeah. yeah. So... What are the main health considerations? You've touched a little bit on um, potential of over-processing barley and that causing issues with um, with rumen health. So what sort of, sort of other health considerations should we bear in mind when feeding indoors? Okay, just as well as getting everything um, right to feed access-wise for, for health, for, for gorging, but also water is absolutely vital, I would say. Um, but we also want to prevent... Um, uh, metabolic diseases such as urinary calculi. Um, the urinary calculi is a, a, a disease that's seen in male lambs in particular, and it is a build-up of um, phosphates and uh, um, or phos- high phosphorus and high magnesium in the diet, which create crystals um, in the urinary tract, and it's especially problematic in male lambs um, due to the the way it um, is uh, is made up. Um, they can they can uh, get lodged and cause problems and. Of, of urine retention and then eventually bladder eruption and things so um, this is more problematic on lambs that are fed high levels of concentrates um, and ways that we can prevent that um, I, I would say the dietary factors that cause it first of all if we, if we approach the cause first of all um, high concentrate feeding and low forage intake High forage diets reduce the availability of phosphorus, so um, and the availability of phosphorus is higher in concentrates. Um, high phosphorus in the diet, high magnesium in the diet, and an imbalance of um, calcium and phosphorus as well. So, if the um, calcium phosphorus ratio is less than um, one point five calcium to one phosphorus, that could be an issue. Um, also, low water intake as well increases the concentration of minerals in the urine. Um, there's also genetic factors. Well, I think some breeds are more um, efficient at absorbing phosphorus than others, and I think blackface and Texels in particular um, are breeds that are good at absorbing phosphorus from their diet. So they um, will also excrete more phosphorus in their urine and, and therefore be at higher risk of developing calculi. 
Um, but there, there are measures that can um, be used to prevent it, very simple measures. And I think feeding diets are using ingredients that are low in phosphorus and magnesium, um, feeding diets that are high in calcium, but maintaining a calcium and phosphorus ratio of at least two to one, but preferably three to one. Now, that's something you maybe wouldn't have to worry about um, if you're buying a proprietary feed because that should have been taken care of for you in a um, a, a pellet that's made up by a feed company, but something to be aware of when you're making a home mix. Um, including 1.5% salt in the diet will promote higher water intake and this will dilute the, the mineral um, minerals in the urine. Um, and you probably want to look for a total salt intake of about 6 grams per kilogram of dry matter. Um, as I said earlier, clean water supply, absolutely vital. So if you've got lambs that are out on forage crops and you think you're relying perhaps on the roots of, of um of these plants or, or the, the leaves supplying enough water, please be aware that you, you need to have a clean water source here available as well, especially if you're feeding concentrates um, alongside. Um, also making the urine more acidic by adding um, a substance called ammonium chloride um, is, is quite good practice as well. And lamp finishers, proprietary ones that you buy, will likely have ammonium chloride in it and it's something to check for. Um, the advisable rate for that is 0.5% or 5 kilograms per tonne. Um, some pellets will have it in at 2.5 kilograms per tonne, which is um, okay as well, but the, you know a higher level will will see a, a prevention of urinal calculi. Um, and by making the urine more acidic, the crystals are less likely to start growing um, than if the urine was alkaline. Okay. So that's just some of the sort of main factors, I would say. Yeah. So really, in terms of main health issues indoors, it's sort of ruminacidosis as a result of Gorging, like yeah. over yeah bad trough or hopper management, and then um, over processing grains, um, and then urinary calculi, calculi sorry, um, which can be pre- prevented with um, with ammonium chloride and clean water as always is important. Good good feed management. Yeah, yeah good yeah. feed management. Fantastic. Okay. Um. So really, we've covered the basics um, of different finishing options from uh, those finished in the late summer right the way through to those that might be finished indoors come uh, the turn of the year or later in the winter. So there are many different ways to approach it and there's no right answer. The more we can achieve from grass the better because concentrate feeding does eat into the profit margins. It does but after the year that we've had, we do need to make the decisions now to ensure that the focus returns on to the use and that we've got feed for the use to maximise the number of, basically at the end of the day, the number of healthy lambs on the ground coming into next spring. So yes, lamb management might come at a cost for those that are short of feed this year and that might come at the cost of selling them that bit lighter or come at the cost of concentrate feeding, but it might be necessary for in production next year that brings us to the end of the podcast thank you very much for listening if you have any further questions well we do have a farm advisory service website there's lots of resources on there and we host a series of events throughout the year which might help there is an advice line on there and there's um, contact information should you wish to get in touch thank you